Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We must all learn the practice of forgiving. Why? Because you will be hurt again. You'll be hurt by your spouse. You'll be hurt by words your spouse says, by your sons, by your daughters, by your relatives, by the people at work, by close friends here. You will be hurt again. Was Peter ever hurt? Yes. He and Paul had to fight it out once. And they had to get along together. In Galatians, we learned that. You see, life is filled with hurts. We're people. What would you pay to be an expert in the practice of forgiving? The Lord values forgiveness in a believer's life so much that he actually requires it. Today, Pastor Mark will conclude his teaching on the power of forgiveness. Life is full of people who will treat you wrong and unfairly. Many times you will feel snubbed by someone else. True satisfaction, however, does not come in getting back at these people, but through forgiveness. When you release someone of their debt as Christ did for us on the cross, there is a sense of freedom that takes place. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew with his continuing study entitled, The Power of Forgiveness. When the other servants saw what happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. Notice this, you wicked servant. He wasn't obedient. And it says this, the master says, I canceled all of your debt because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers. We'll talk about this at the end of our teaching. To be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. If I don't forgive, God is going to judge me. Watch me. There's a cascade of disaster waiting for me if I refuse to forgive. And it's all put there by God to get me on the road to forgiving them. He wants me on that road. He won't leave me over there. And so all kinds of things will come into my life. What are these Tagamet and Nexium and Zantac for? What are they for? Tell me. Stomach problem. It's because there's too much acid in your stomach. They're called H2 blockers. I used to be able to write the formula, but I couldn't write it for you anymore. I've been out of pharmacy too long. But when you take it, it blocks the acid. It helps you to heal. Well, what do these have to do with unforgiveness? Everything. Here's the first thing you want to write. 
Unforgiveness affects us spiritually and physically and emotionally. In my Bible, I've written this because I have to realize it myself. The acid of unforgiveness will destroy our lives. The acid of unforgiveness will destroy your life. The Tagamet, the Zantac, the Nexium is forgiveness. If I'll forgive, the acid is shut off and healing comes to my life. Well, you see, physically, we will pay the penalty for unforgiveness. All kinds of sickness, imagined and real, come from unforgiveness. I worked, as I told you, in the medical field. How many people are there with imagined or real sicknesses? The cause, one thing, unforgiveness. But there's emotional effects of unforgiveness as well. Depression, anger, self-pity, denial of responsibilities. Very often, huge percentage of the time, when I deal with an individual who has to have, well, solution to their anger. You know what the anger comes from? Some situation that they refused to forgive. Once they cross the bridge and let that go, leave it in the past, once they cross the bridge, the anger is resolved. Third, doesn't only affect me physically and emotionally, but a lack of forgiveness will absolutely have an impact on your relationships with other people. You will be irritable. You'll blame others. You'll withdraw. You try to justify yourself. You become negative. You become critical. And you're no good to be around. And so people, pretty soon, it's like you have the plague. They don't want to be around you. And it all comes because you roll that thing over and over and over again in your life. And God is saying to you, please, release it. Cancel the debt. Let them go. Yes, they hurt you. I know that. I'll deal with them. You release them. And last, and probably most important, unforgiveness has a negative spiritual effect on me. I have a sense of alienation from God. I can't pray. I can't read the Bible. There's a loss of joy. David wrote this. David committed adultery with Bathsheba. You remember the King David, wonderful man of God. He refused to admit his sin for a year, one year. And finally did when God brought the prophet to him. But look what David wrote about that whole year in his life. Notice Psalm 32. When I refused to confess my sin, notice when I refused, it was a choice, always an act of our will. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. And I groaned, there's depression, I groaned, how often? All day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. Now why was God disciplining? Because he loved David. He would just say, David, you could stop all this cascade right now with forgiveness. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. 
Then the word in the original language is sila. It means interlude. It means stop and think. Stop and think. What is unforgiveness doing in your life today? What's unforgiveness doing? You see, God wants to provide a solution. He has. But I have to. But Pastor Mike, they hurt me. They talked against me. They're not right. I know all that. You can't solve that. Release it and move on. I read this a long time ago, and I think it's so classic. It says this. Let me read it to you. Failing to forgive is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. (laughs) Pastor Mark, they hurt me. This is poison. Oh, they hurt me. (laughs) See, David for a whole year was dying. This morning, the cascade enlarges. What else happens? Well, God withholds forgiveness for us. Remember, I told you, forgiveness with others is is tied together with forgiveness of me. Number three, God won't hear our prayers. Number four, why won't God hear our prayers? Because he's already talking to you. He doesn't want to hear you say, God, I got this decision to make about a job. God says, no, no, before we make the decision, I have a problem with you. You have to have your heart cleaned. You can't walk with me. I'm not going to give you clear direction. And so then we see number four. See, the minute long-term unforgiveness is in my life, not only does unforgiveness and anger go, but there's this root of bitterness. That's another whole teaching you don't have time to get to. This root of bitterness goes deep into the ground. And there's bitterness and rage and anger and hateful feelings, and they begin to rule my life. That's who I become. I'm not who I'm supposed to be. Number five, the one that's in prison is not the person that hurt me, the job that hurt me, the church that hurt me, the situation that hurt me. The one that's in prison is me. I'm the one affected. Quite often, those people don't even know you still feel that way. Number six, I'm useless to God. I'm useless. And in our fellowships of churches, we have people that don't understand this simple parable. You understood it when you read it. It's not complicated. It's right there. Now, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Toward the end of the Bible, Vieira, right over to Ephesians chapter 4. Toward the end, General Electric Power Company. That's the epistles there. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Ephesians chapter 4. And when you get there, notice, you're going to notice as we read this, how similar, how similar it is to Colossians chapter 3. We begin in verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness. Notice it's not an option. This is a command. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. When I get rid of that, then what? Well, this is the hard part. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Here we go again. Forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. So when I was a sinner... God forgave me. Unconditional, didn't deserve it. I came over here. When I'm over here and I sin, I go to God, 1 John 1, 9, confess my sins. He promises every single time to forgive me. He remembers my sin no more. He doesn't hold it against me. I don't deserve it. That's what's called grace. Notice, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. The next, the next four words are the key. Be imitators of God. I'm supposed to be God-like. 
Now, after you read that, maybe you say this to me this morning. Pastor Mark, I know the effects of forgiveness, but I just can't forgive them. I want to run from this. I just can't forgive them. Is forgiving easy? It is not easy. It's incredibly what? Hard. Is it complicated? No. It is not complicated. It's not easy. It's hard. Is it doable? Anything that God asks me to do, I can do with his help. God would not say to me, Mark, you got to forgive in that situation. Well, I can't forgive. Yes, you can. That's running from something you don't want to do. I can forgive. God, if God would ask me to do something I can't do, then I would have a really an unfair God. He doesn't ask that. So understand, and we'll turn to John 21. I want you to see this very quickly. John 21, you know where that is. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Back toward the first part of the New Testament. When Peter asked the question about forgiveness, he started this whole teaching. Peter was the one asking How many times do I have to forgive somebody? Jesus gives us this parable. Well, let me give you a scenario here and in Vieira, and I'll just summarize it this morning for time. John chapter 21. Just before, the night before Jesus went to the cross, he was taken captive and went through all kinds of judging. Well, outside one of the judgment halls, Peter was there. Same one asking about the forgiveness. And Peter was around, watch this, a little campfire of charcoal. And three times individuals said to him, Hey, you're related to that guy that's on trial there, that Jesus. And three times Peter outright lied. I am not. I don't even know the guy. Now Peter's the one asking about forgiveness. Well, time goes on. Christ is crucified, risen from the dead. He appears to the disciples a number of times. And in John chapter 21, almost the last time, not quite, he appears at the Sea of Galilee. They're out fishing. They recognize him on the shore. And what is Jesus doing on the shore? Around a little, watch me, charcoal fire. He's cooking breakfast for the disciples. Peter comes. And Jesus says to Peter in this scenario three times, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Three times asking. The number three ought to come to the Peter's mind, you think? The little charcoal fire come to his mind? But you know what I believe really came to his mind? The parable we're studying this morning. Jesus says, forgiveness is unlimited. See, it's not theoretical. It's practical. I need it. So look at this last verse, right there in verse 17. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt. What was Jesus trying to do? Could he trust Peter now? Peter was hurt. Because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. You see, the great physician was again showing Peter the power of forgiveness. Peter didn't 
deserved to be forgiven. There's nothing we could do worse than deny God three times. But he's forgiven. And not only forgiven, he trusts Peter to go and take care of the people of God once Jesus leaves. I want you to write this statement down. It's so important. You can't miss this. We must all learn the practice of forgiving. Why? Because you will be hurt again. You'll be hurt by your spouse. You'll be hurt by words your spouse says, by your sons, by your daughters, by your relatives, by the people at work, by close friends here. You will be hurt again. Was Peter ever hurt? Yes. He and Paul had to fight it out once. And they had to get along together. In Galatians, we learned that. You see, life is filled with hurts. We're people. And you can't just go today, well, I got the lesson, Pastor Mark, pretty good, but it's cool. No, no, no. You have to learn the practice of forgiving. It's a principle that you have to leave in your heart. It's got to be repeated over and over and over again in our lives. God requires, God requires forgiven people to forgive. I have to. Now, turn back with me to Matthew 18, where we started verse 34. What are we going to do about this servant that's jailed again? He was released the first time. He's jailed again. And God says to him, I'm not going to release you until you pay the debt. Well, let's read it. Verse 34, Matthew 18, verse 34. In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Let me ask you a question. The man's in prison. He's making $4.95 an hour, making license plates. He owns millions. How will he ever pay it back? What kind of a God is that? So what does this man have to do? If this man is ever going to get out, if he's ever going to be useful again, what does he have to do? I think this is key to the parable. Listen to this. The man must go to the master God and say, forgive me for not forgiving. As a Christian, if I'm going to ever be free and useful, if I'm going to have a forgiving heart and go and help others, if I've been holding something in reserve and I've been carrying it, I have to go to God this morning and say, God, forgive me for not forgiving. Forgive me for not doing what you required. By the way, if he went to the master and said, I've learned my lesson. If you'll forgive me, I'll go out and be a forgiving person. Would God forgive him? Yeah, would you? A little difficult, isn't it? See, God will. He won't turn anyone away. So he has to do it. And notice the whole key is in Matthew, in verse 35. This is how my heavenly father will treat, Jesus speaking, will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. It's not a legalistic deal. Pastor Mark, that's wonderful, nice deal. I got to do this. Okay, I'm going to say these words and get out of life. No, no, no. It has to come from my heart. Forgiveness is not something we do because we have to. We do it because we get to. It frees us. It doesn't really matter if the person who hurt you deserves to be forgiven. Very often they don't deserve to be forgiven. But forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. Now people asked me last night a couple of questions. I want to address them quickly. Pastor Mike, I can't forgive myself of what I did. Well, let me ask you a question. That's the wrong terminology. Let's say you were this person that was a Christian and you committed adultery. Well, you can't forgive yourself for what you did. If you truly ask God to forgive you, 
and you're taking steps of changing and becoming more like Christ, did Christ forgive you? Absolutely. So you don't forgive yourself. Listen, you accept his forgiveness. It's already given. It's a gift. You can't earn it. So don't let the enemy go. You're not deserving. You're not deserving. Quit allowing him to do that to you. Second, people last night asked me this. Pastor Mark, I forgave this individual. I let it go. I took it off. I did it all. They're forgiven. But they keep bringing it up. They won't forgive me. They Romans says, I have to live in peace as much as is possible within me with other people. If they won't forgive you, you can't do anything with that. Leave it go. The thing you have to be careful of is now you don't get bitter that they won't forgive you. So you leave it go. You see, if people are going to continue to hurt you and not receive it, you can like a person, you can actually love them in the Lord, but you don't have to be their friend. Why would you hang around them? So sometimes we just have to distance ourselves from those kind of situations. So let me ask you this morning, as I went through this teaching, I'm going to give you three keys at the end. Life is just too short to live in unforgiveness. I want you to see this. Forgiveness is always our move. You're sitting here. You remember the story. Maybe you're carrying something from the past. Maybe you're living in the land of hurt. Unforgiveness has made you isolated from real life. You're robbed of joy and peace. Well, what are you going to do about it? You see, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. We are able to forgive because God gives us the power to forgive. God says you can forgive. I'll help you to forgive. Forgiveness is not an emotion. Pastor Mike, I don't feel like it. Doesn't matter whether you feel like it. It's an act of your will. It's your move. Today, in a moment, we're going to pray. You're here. You have something from the past. You have a hurt, a relationship, a marriage, finance, business, church. Maybe I hurt you, work, whatever. You have to say, I release them. I I cancel the debt. And as you do that, you will walk in freedom when you leave this building. And the same in Vieira. You will walk in freedom because now you're obeying God. And as you obey God, God frees you from those hurts. But the choice is yours. See, the power of forgiveness. You have to make the choice. You can't wait for your spouse to do it. Maybe they hurt you and you want your spouse to stand. No, no, you have to stand. Or the other issue. Somebody's already died. How many times have I told you that? What are you going to do with that? You'd like to go tell them. You can't tell them. Well, you can tell God this morning, I'm sorry. And you can release that. What does it look like to practice forgiveness? The term practice is often used in an athletic context. But is it possible to daily practice the act of forgiveness? Today, Pastor Mark answered these questions and shared the importance of each. Just like spending time in the gym is your responsibility, so forgiving others falls on you, you alone. And be encouraged that the Lord will absolutely empower you to forgive others just as He commands. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Some people spend their entire life searching for truth or a guidebook to this crazy thing called life. Did you know that the Bible is the only form of unchanging truth with the power to change you? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will lay the foundation for every problem you face. Whether it be a personal, marital, or work-related problem, your relationship with God who created you is the fundamental key to all of life. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting